0: Welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm Ashton, and today I have a wild tale for you guys. Buckle up, because today we're talking about Action Park, what was once dubbed the world's most dangerous theme park. It's lovingly nicknamed Accident Park, Traction Park, Class Action Park. There's a documentary about the park titled just that, Class Action Park, and it's available on HBO Max. I was clutching my pearls the entire time that I was watching it. The story is going to sound like a fever dream, but I promise this is real. (laughs) Let's get into it. Action Park opened on May 26, 1976, and the slogan was, There's nothing in the world like Action Park. And boy, was that an understatement. It started out as a water park with very little oversight and eventually became known as the most dangerous theme park of all time. In the 1970s, Wall Street was booming and Gene Mulvahill was at the center of it. He ran a brokerage called Mayflower Securities and would blast a bugle throughout the office anytime he would make a sale. At this time, penny stock scams or pump and dump schemes were really popular, where people take worthless stocks and trick other people into buying them. So along comes a man named Robert Brennan. He was Gene's bestie and also known as the penny stock king. He actually got his start in the industry working for Gene and eventually became the president of Mayflower Securities. Eventually, the company was suspended by the SEC for for selling worthless securities in a bankrupt electronics company. So, cool guy. Awesome. So, Gene was basically kicked out of Wall Street. They were like, bye, Gene. So, at that time, he wasn't really sure what to do with himself. So, he does what any good man in New Jersey does. He buys two ski resorts in Vernon, New Jersey. When stocks don't work work for you, turn to the slopes, I guess. So in this time, Vernon Township, a small town, was booming. It was catching the eye in, of investors, including Hugh Hefner, who opened a Playboy club there. Attention on the town was definitely growing. It had the ability to become the next Orlando or Las Vegas, even, as some might believe. So Gene was trying to figure out a way to keep making money at the ski resorts throughout the summertime. Obviously, people wouldn't be skiing in the summer in New Jersey, so he had to come up with a way to make more money. He began trying to create artificial snow, even going so far as to spend millions of dollars to construct the world's largest snowmaking system out of a jet engine. When this idea didn't bring the success he was hoping for, He began workshopping other ideas, and he came up with the idea of creating a theme park for people to enjoy during the summer months. To fund his big idea, Gene turned to his buddy Robert Brennan to help with investors. They started to pitch the idea that this new theme park in New Jersey would be the next Disneyland. And people bought it. They were all in. I mean, the idea worked at the time. Disneyland had been open for 20 years, with Disney World opening in the early 70s. Theme parks were and still are a huge tourist attraction. So the project got started. Jean wanted to build things that were bigger and faster than anything that had been done before. In the documentary, Class Action Park, they described the planning period as building things on the fly kind of throwing things at the wall to see what stuck, which is always what you're wanting to hear when people are opening a theme park that you're paying to go to. (laughs) Some of the ideas they had worked, and others, not so much. But nonetheless, the park opened on May 26, 1976, with a 2,700-foot alpine slide opening. Guests would ride a ski lift to get to the top, and once at the top, guests would hop in their carts and ride down a slick track made of a combination of concrete, asbestos, and fiberglass. Perfect. Great. There was a handle that went in two directions. You'd pull pull back to brake and push forward to go faster. In 1978, a go-kart track and two water slides were added to the park, which was at that time called Vernon Valley Summer Park. Until July 4th of 1978, Action Park was officially opened with two opening day promotions, a Dolly Parton look-alike contest and a tobacco juice spitting contest. The park grew and grew, with new attractions being added constantly. There were a ton of attractions. Action Park was divided into three sections. There was Alpine Center, which is where the alpine slide was. Water World, which is self-explanatory. That's where the water slides were. And Motor World, which housed the go-kart track. Oh, and dividing the park in half was a highway. Yes, a highway. Just a casual Route 94 running down the middle of your theme park. So one of the most intriguing and eye-catching attractions is called Cannonball Loop. You guys, absolutely not. (laughs) When you see a picture of this ride on the blog, you'll see what I mean. It was an enclosed tube water slide. So these kids would climb to the top of the stairs and go down the enclosed slide. And at the bottom, it would like go into a loop-de-loop, which meant your body would also go in a loop-de-loop. Now, obviously, they tested out beforehand, like, they, you know, before they would let kids go down it, right? Well, yeah, they had test dummies, of course, and these dummies would come out of the slide missing arms, legs, their heads, so they went back to the drawing board, they adjusted a few things, they changed the height of a few things, and then they went back to the testing phase, but this time... Instead of using d- dummies, they thought, hey, let's test it out with real people. Give me your best guy. And they're like, well, all we have is these teenage employees, so I guess let's send them down. Oh, and hey, as a reward for their troubles, let's give them each $100. So these kids were like, well, yeah, give me $100. bucks. let us do this. So the employees described looking down the tube, and it's completely black. So they'd spray these kids down with a water hose and then send them on down the slide. They were supposed to go feet first with their arms and legs crossed. And as soon as they inched forward on the slide, they just took off. As they approached the the loop, they described feeling their feet come up from the slide and losing contact with the slide for a minute before slamming back down and coming out the bottom of the slide. Now, the first few people who went down the water slide came out with bloody mouths. And other people who came down after them were getting these cuts and abrasions that no one could figure out. So what had happened was, you guys, the first people were getting their teeth knocked out. And they would be like embedded into the slide. And then the people who would come down after them would get cut up on these people's teeth. No. You also couldn't go on the slide if you were either too big or too small. You could get stuck or not be able to get enough momentum to go through the slide at all, which is my biggest nightmare. Absolutely not. They had a latch at the top of the, the slide where they would like fish people out if they got stuck. There were other slides along the cannonball theme. These were called Cannonball Falls. They started out as a normal water slide and then all of the sudden, you would approach this dark tunnel and start going faster before being shot out the tube and into midair before falling into the water. Basically just shoot you out the side of a mountain, several feet in the air, and then you land in the water, which was 17 feet deep. Now Jean, He was the main ride designer. He always wanted to do things bigger, faster, more exciting. And one of his ideas that he had was a ride that was called the man in the ball in the ball. It was a a gigantic ball and a PVC pipe track. Now the day of testing was really hot and the PVC pipe expanded. So when they put the man in the giant ball and sent him down the track, The track fell apart, but the ball didn't stop. It kept rolling and rolling down the hill, eventually crossing the highway. Remember the highway in the middle of the theme park? Yeah, that one. So it crossed the highway through traffic and ended up in the swamp on the other side. Along with the wild ideas, Jean wanted to create a slide that was somewhat anti-gravity, which is terrifying. The plan that w- was that people would go down the slide, they'd lose contact with the slide, and become airborne. And they definitely did. One young kid got himself going so fast on the slide that he ended up overshooting the end of the landing and severely injuring himself. He had to be taken off on a backboard and everything. Some of the rides never made it past the Testing phase like this one, and for a good reason. <laughs> so not only were the rides questionable, which we will get back to that, the park was covered in dark asphalt and cement, which made for some very hot feet and unpleasant walking throughout the park. There were beehives everywhere, everywhere, like particularly on the ride called the Aqua Scoot. It was a slide with rollers that you'd ride a little sled on and if you didn't sit properly on this on the sled you'd immediately face plant as soon as you hit the water and if you hung around too long you'd get stung by a bee or multiple bees. The Tarzan swing was another popular attraction. It was exactly what it sounds like. You'd swing off of a deck over a a large body of water and drop in and this water was freezing, a complete shock to your system and when you'd come up There'd be kids screaming at you, yelling profanities at you, um, or they'd just drop on top of you. So this park was wild, and it was run by teenagers. So imagine some teenagers that you know being in charge of your local theme park. According to New Jersey law, they had to be at least 16 to operate the rides, but according to reports, kids as young as 14 were in charge of the rides at Action Park. There were parties among the employees, teenagers being teenagers. They would save up the money that they'd find around the park during the summer when they worked there. And at the end of the summer, they'd have a huge all-night rager where everyone drank, smoked, hung out. And everyone would just pass out somewhere in the park. So no one drove home or did anything stupid other than what they were already doing. Sometimes they'd wake up and just go right back to work after partying all night, saving people from the water, you know, keeping an eye on your kids after being out drunk all night. And, you know, all of this was being allowed by the man who hated any kinds of rules, regulation or authority. Gene Mulvahill, who was called Uncle Gene by the teens. He was really active in the park. He was always around. But. He, you know, wasn't great. There was one event where Gene wanted to stop people from sneaking onto the lifts without having a ticket. So he came up with a really great plan. He decided to hire some grungy looking kid to come up and try to get on the lift without a ticket. And then Gene would hit him with a stun gun as a way of warning others. Well, he did this one day and it backfired. Parents were pissed, rightfully so, calling into guest services, complaining. Like, come on, Gene. And it wasn't just his shady Wall Street deals that put people off of Gene. He also apparently didn't believe in insurance. Like, what do you mean you don't believe in insurance, sir? Well, he believed that if you got hurt, it was your responsibility to take care of yourself and pay for your own medical care. But he had to have insurance to keep his company afloat. So, like Gene likes to do, he found a workaround. He created a fake offshore corporation called London and World Assurance, which was a fake insurance company, obviously. So not only did he use the company to, quote, insure his park, he also used it to launder money. Dun, dun, dun. He didn't think anything would ever happen, but it all caught up with him when, after an investigation, he was indicted on 110 counts, including criminal conspiracy, fraud, theft, embezzlement, tax evasion, among other things. He pleaded guilty and was forced to give up control of Action Park, which was partially on state land. Of course, he couldn't take the defeat, so he decided to become an. Even bigger pain in the ass for the state. He stopped paying his rent, changed the terrain of the park without permission, just did everything possible to annoy the state. And it worked. Eventually, they were so fed up with him that they decided to sell the land to Gene for $837,000 just to get him out of their hair. And now, guess who's back? Robert Brennan. Gene needed more money to continue to grow Action Park, so he called in his buddy Robert. Things took off after Gene started running TV ads starring the teenage employees. The park was back and bigger than ever. There was so much going on in the park. There was a pool at the bottom of a cliff that allowed guests the opportunity to free fall off a 20-foot cliff and into the pool below. While guests were told to cross their arms over their chest, they didn't always listen, and sometimes guests would leave with dislocated shoulders, broken arms, etc. Lifeguards would lovingly write on the wristbands of those who couldn't swim well, CFS, and this stood for can't fucking swim, and this usually meant that the person had already had to be rescued at some point that day. Injuries were common at the park. Roaring Springs were a series of slides that were meant to mimic a mountain spring, and riders would travel by tube down the springs. A young girl was impaled in the stomach by a bolt that was uncovered on one of the um, one of the like bars, and the slides would get really overcrowded, and people would get pushed under by water and by other tubes. Another ride that was problematic was the Colorado River Rapids. Initially intended to be a lazy river, Gene wanted to step it up a notch and create the effect of a very strong river rapids. Now, during testing, occupants, occupants would come off the ride unconscious. So he kind of had to uh, workshop things and tone it down a little bit. It was poorly built, so tubes would often get stuck, forcing riders to have to push themselves off of rocks to get unstuck or even get out of their tubes. People would get into fights after the tubes got stuck. This was a very problematic ride. And I'm going to keep saying that because every ride is problematic. You'll see. There was also a huge festival tent on the property. They had food. Drinks, alcohol, bands would play music, and they always hosted different festivals, including the largest one being Oktoberfest. Waterworld was for the daytime, Motorworld was for the evening. After the adults were all liquored up, they wouldn't always stay on the racetracks with the the go-karts. Sometimes they'd take the go-karts on the highway that conveniently ran through the park. Not only the go-karts, there were also the speedboats. They weren't supposed to be bumper boats, but they were sometimes treated like that. Guests would race the boats around the pond, and it was full of dark, gross, oil-covered water. And it was also full of four-foot-long snakes. Why did it have to be snakes, Right. The boats would commonly flip and on one occasion a man was pulling up to the dock when another man on a boat came up racing behind him and the boat actually went up and over the first man on his boat, cutting him in the neck behind. But luckily it didn't like decapitate him. Jesus. The super speed water slides were also known as Geronimo Falls were two vertical water slides at Action Park. Geronimo Falls was basically a semi-controlled free free fall with a hard splash landing. People came down the slide so fast that some riders even hit speeds of 60 miles per hour. They would lose their suits on the ride and were encouraged to lean back so their bodies didn't float out of the slide on the way down. So imagine a place with no rules where kids, teenagers, adults could be free and pretty much do whatever they wanted. Throw in alcohol and what could go wrong? Well, as it turns out, a lot could go wrong. The most dangerous ride in terms of injuries was the alpine slide, which tracks, literally. (laughs) We had one here in Colorado growing up and I remember being terrified of flying off of it when I was younger. Turns out the one at Action Park had similar incidents that actually really did happen. As riders would get to the top of the alpine slide, there were pictures of previous riders who had been injured on the slide. Isn't that nice? (laughs) Like, heads up, this might happen to you. Oftentimes, the sleds would be broken, the brakes wouldn't work, or something would be wrong. This was a cement track. People would be in their swimsuits in the summertime. It wasn't, you know, The track wasn't designed to keep riders on the track, actually. Accidents were really common. People would be flying off the track left and right. Kids would go back to school in the fall, covered in scrapes, bruises, with broken bones, or concussions from the alpine slide. On a normal day, 15 to 20 people would be hurt on the slide. On July 8th of 1980, a 19-year-old man named George Larson Jr. visited the park. He was riding the Alpine slide when the cart skipped off the track and he was thrown and he hit his head on a rock. He was taken to the hospital where he died eight days later on July 16th. George's family claimed that Gene never called them and never called the hospital. He also tried to claim that George was an employee of the park and that this had happened at night and in the rain to downplay the event, which was all untrue the park never reported George's death to the state. During the investigation into his death, the spokesperson for Action Park said, quote, the ride didn't injure George. It was a rock 25 feet away that hurt him. The same thing could have happened to someone falling off a bicycle, end quote. So that person is garbage too. Oh, and also the rocks. Yeah, George had been ordered to remove those previously, and he ignored that demand. The kayak experience was an attraction in which you would be in a kayak on a river, and there were underwater fans that would push you along the water. Sounds fun, right? Well, one day, a park goer named Jeffrey Nathan, who was 27 years old, and he was from Far- Fair Lawn, New Jersey. he His kayak had flipped over, and when he stepped out to ride it, One of the fans short-circuited, and he stepped near it, and he was electrocuted and killed. The park's wave pool was another dangerous location. The wave pool had a capacity to hold between 500 to 1,000 people. It was always packed with people who definitely didn't know how to swim as well as they thought thought they did, (laughs) The waves reached up to 40 inches in height, and it wasn't entirely clear that the water in the pool was getting deeper when it really was. So even people who did know how to swim would be underwater before they knew it. The attraction was nicknamed the Grave Pool because the teenage lifeguards, 12 of whom were standing patrol at all times, were constantly saving countless others from the same fate. Lifeguards would supposedly make as many as 30 rescues during any given busy weekend, a stark contrast to the one to two that are typically found in typical entire pool or lake seasons. Three people drowned in the wave pool between 1982 and 1987, including a 15-year-old who drowned in 1982 and an 18-year-old who drowned in 1987. A visitor suffered a fatal heart attack that was unofficially believed to have been triggered by the shock of the cold water in the pool beneath the Tarzan swing. The water on that attraction and in the swimming area was 50 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, while other water areas were in the 70 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit range. Action Park kept the city's ambulances and hospitals very busy. Injuries were so common that Action Park only reported the serious ones. Gene could very easily cover up how many injuries occurred daily, but the local hospital would claim that a lot lot of their patients each day came from Action Park. Regulations were tough on amusement parks at the time. However, Gene had friends in high places, and Action Park had virtually no citations or fines. Hmm, isn't that convenient? He was also friends with, you guessed it, Donald Trump, but even he found Gene's vision and his park too unhinged. Now victims and the families of victims of injuries at the park struggled when they filed lawsuits because, you know, Gene had his own fake insurance and by the mid-1990s, things were not going well for the park or for Gene. Bob Brennan was found guilty of money laundering and bankruptcy fraud and was sent to prison for 10 years. Then, the parent company of Action Park filed for bankruptcy and the park closed in 1996. Pradium Recovery Fund purchased the Vernon Valley Great Gorge Resort, which was the ski resorts that Gene owned, including Action Park, for $10 million. The investment group put Angel Projects in charge of managing the resort and aimed to spend $20 million to upgrade the ski resort's equipment and trails and remodel the water park. Instead, Canadian resort developer Intrawest purchased the property in February of 1998. It revamped the Waterworld section of Action Park and it reopened it for the 1998 season as Mountain Creek Water Park, while the Mo- Motor World and Alpine Center sections were demolished. In 2010, ownership went back to the Mulvihill family, and in 2014, two years after the death of Gene Mulvihill, his son Andy restored the name and amid promises to make it safer. Cannonball Falls was shut down in August 2015 after a series of injuries that cemented the ride's status as record holder for ride-related injuries in the state. In 2014, there were 25 accidents reported at Action Park. That may not sound like much, at least not compared to the old action park, but it was still more than any other park in the state. They were back making headlines at the New Jersey Herald again in 2018, too, when a portion of the water park was overcome with chlorine fumes and 15 people were taken to the hospital for treatment. treatment. But as of 2023... It appears that the new Mountain Creek Resort is still open and Jean never really faced any consequences for the negligence of the park. So the end. If you visit the new at, at park, just know it wasn't always the way that it is today. And that's the wild tale of Action Park. I told you guys it was a wild ride. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources for today's episode will be listed in the blog post for the episode and also at www.thehauntedcorner.com. I will link to the blog post in the show notes. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner now, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. We're also available on YouTube, so be, over, be sure to head over there and subscribe when you have a chance. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive exclusive Patreon-only episodes, early and ad-free access to episodes, plus so much more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Corner to join now. The link will also be in the show notes for easy access. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen. If you have a case suggestion or a correction to share, please send it to or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you soon. Bye.